Hi guys, welcome into the show. It's the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm Jake Burns, I'm your host. And uh, really, to be honest, didn't feel like doing much of an episode today. Don't really have the energy or the passion for it when you watch what happened down in Uvalde, Texas. With all of these young kids being killed in an elementary school. And, and I don't know if some of you listeners have children of your own or whatever. Uh, you know, it should hit you pretty hard. It's It's impacted our household quite a bit and... Just sad, man. Just really, really sad about what happened. And these continual things that keep happening as it's a rinse and repeat situation in this country. And I don't have the answer for fixing it. I think there's some pretty simplistic things we should be trying. But we continue to just accept that these are a part of our daily lives. And it's gross and sad. And you just pray it never impacts you closely, but they they keep popping up year after year, and you're left to sort through those emotions on your own. So, you know, I don't I don't try to skip days on this show, but I, this is as close as I've ever been to just saying I really don't want to do anything. But I uh, I already had an episode interview recorded with a guest, so I'm going to share that with you guys, and um, you know just. Yeah, I don't really have many words for all of uh, all of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I hope I hope your your state of mind, your well being is fine, and and uh, you and yours are talking through it or or whatever. I don't know. I don't know anymore. There's been so many of these. So, I I try to steer clear of many outside things on this pod, but sometimes it's hard to do that. So, uh, you know, the thoughts and prayers are so overrated in these situations but sometimes when you're far away and you have nothing else to give that's what you give so anyway i'm on a never-ending quest as i somehow move back to brown's content to try to answer for you why perion winfrey and isaiah thomas were available where they were for the cleveland browns to draft in this recent draft so i had an interview here with a oklahoma film analyst who could talk about the the idiosyncrasies of Oklahoma's defense and some more about these players, insights about these guys, why they were available, what he likes about them, what the defense asked them to do in Oklahoma, and what they could ultimately look like in the NFL. So let's uh, shift over to that interview right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, very excited to bring in a guest who I think can give us some perspective on these two 
Browns defensive linemen that I think are going to play a pretty big part in this thing. Now I'm not going to project whether they're going to, they're going to be a big part successfully, but they're going to find snaps. And I really want to get as many opinions on this as possible. We talked about both Isaiah Thomas and Perrion Winfrey in the draft introduction series, but I also wanted to get somebody to talk scheme with me a little bit. So I'm excited to bring in Keegan Renault. Keegan is really good at what he does. He doesn't necessarily cover OU football anymore, but he did for four years and it was fantastic. And we've kind of come across each other through different channels on Twitter and have had conversations about Oklahoma players. You know, the Browns and Baker Mayfield have crumbled, but they have, have brought back there this is. relationship. Hey, they, they brought back the five seconds to mention <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Hey, I'm talking about good Oklahoma and Cleveland vibes. Uh, now, okay? I got you. I got you. The, mar- the, the marriage is coming back together through through three draft picks in in one draft. So, listen, Keegan, thanks for joining me, man. First of all, appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously, thanks for the kind words as well. I mean, I I reach out to you all the time whenever any questions came up with the Browns for a reason, and um, one I respect what you have to say. And uh, no, it's fun. We've been talking about doing something like this for a while, so I'm glad we finally sat down and, and knocked out some time to do something. Yeah, let's well first of all likewise. So let's let's jump in. So this defense that Oklahoma had run we'll talk about just last year. Not really talking about the future, but just last year and and especially when Perion and Isaiah were there. Like is it it's it's 335 base, correct me if I'm wrong. 335 base and then they're really heavy a heavy slant team. They were not a two-gap college system for their interior guys, right? Like Perion it, it was so interesting because when you talk to people specifically like college defensive coordinators and, and people even at the NFL level, like they viewed Oklahoma as an odd front, which was so interesting whenever, you know, you, you look at it and you put on the tape and you've got Nick Benito lined up or, you know, standing up in a two point stance at the end of the line of scrimmage. And yes, he was dropping into coverage. He was also spying the quarterback a lot. And I think that it was very the first couple years with Grinch, um, specifically 19 and 20, um, with the guys that they had, and you, if you include Ronnie Perkins into that conversation, you know, they had a – I think they came after the quarterback a lot more. Like, there was a lot more comfort, um, I guess, from Grinch to be more aggressive and let his guys be. Where this plays into Isaiah and, and Perion is that they had to take on a lot of doubles and a lot of, um, you know, guys that would come off and help um Jake whenever guys were in pass pro and you know I think it made life a little bit more tough when it came into in 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 terms of pass rush but man they were still that aggressive with their run defense and I think that that's probably the most interesting part about it is they stunted and slanted and twisted they did everything they possibly could even against the run and it was way more successful against the run I mean there was times last year man in the 2021 season or Oklahoma's defense against the run, if you chose to run it, you know, looking at all fancy EPA per play, right? If you chose to run it against Oklahoma, you were literally hurting your chances to win. But if you threw it against them, it was like they had like the 120th EPA per pass defense in, in college football last year. So it was a uh, it was a lot of give and take. And I know you got to see a little bit of that this offseason. Yeah, it was. And it's unique in a sense that they're expecting guys up front to do a very detailed job. Well, it seems like most college systems, and especially what Perion is an interior guy with two-way goes, you know, can 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 two-gap this thing. It starts to become interesting. I don't think it's a secret that Perion came on at the end of the season and obviously lit up the Senior Bowl 
And what he was asked to do at Oklahoma was a little bit unique in that sense where they wanted him to carry out a specific fit and be in the place he was supposed to be. Do you see some room for growth from him? Because there's like early in the year, there are some times where it's like, I just don't see this. And then there are times where the flashes at the end of the year were ridiculous. So do you think he can be a true, you know, three tech who can two gap things in a run defense that is maybe going to be sometimes out gapped or something along those lines when they're playing the pass? That's where I'm curious if you think his potential can go beyond A to B in terms of alignment and location and can turn into, hey, I can do this and also be able to handle this other role simultaneously? Or do you think he's just a pin the years back and he's got to be a very detailed, specific player? The the facing and having the two gap is probably not something you're going to want to ask Perion Winfrey to do. But I will say this, and I think the tape says this, Perion Winfrey is, can be as good as he wants to be. I mean, you're talking about a guy that whenever the light was on I, I mean one of the best defensive linemen we we've seen out of Oklahoma in a long long time I mean those final three games were as disruptive as we've ever seen him you go back to 2020 you know really think about that Iowa State Big 12 championship game you know Iowa State had a highly touted offensive line coming back in 2021 well it's the same group that they face in 2020 Perry on Winfrey and Ronnie Perkins made you know we're just picking them up and moving them around and he, he's going to his career is going to be up to what Perion Winfrey wants to do. If Cleveland can tap into what makes Perion itch as a football player, whether that be, you know, there were times last year he felt like he was at a position. I think we saw, saw all the comments that he made on social media, including very recently um, about the defense that he played in at Oklahoma last year. This is a guy that if he does play as a three tech, it's a guy that, you know, hit the motor is there from snap one to the end of the game. You're talking about a you're talking about a player that you know. I think what Cleveland got him in the third, maybe fourth round. Um, this is a this is a guy that can play as long as he wants to. Perron Winfrey is going to go as far as Perron Winfrey wants to go, uh, and that's of anything of him. Like that's the most thing I feel confident about. Yes, he does have a great um, swim move. He uses it all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, all those traits and everything that we can sit here and talk about, uh, if Perrin wants to get up and play some football, Perrin Winfrey, uh, is a very dominant football player, very disruptive football player. Let's rip the bandaid off a little bit. So this guy is in, in, I've asked this question to the other Oklahoma guests we had too, but I really want your opinion on it. And I, I, we'll try to be as fair here as we can without hammering people's expectations, but the Browns didn't make a pick. They traded out of the second round, didn't make a pick till the third round. So the Browns see two people that I think people are kind of really hyping up here, play good players, but just pump the brakes a little bit. You're talking about David Bell and you're talking about Perry on Winfrey. I think those two guys taken late third, early fourth, people are expecting to be big parts of the offense and defense. And I see it. I understand why people are hyped up, but I think people are equating, hey, these are part of your first few picks with, oh, yeah, the Browns didn't have a first or second round pick. So this is not the same. These are not first and second round guys. It's different. These guys were here for a reason. This guy with Winfrey, he selected, you know, whatever, top of the fourth round. He is projected by people that I respect in the draft industry to go 44 just days, days before the draft to Cleveland. He's there in the fourth round. Why is he there? Give me the real reason you think he's there at that point. I mean, I think it's the things we see on tape, right? Like rip the Band-Aid off. I mean, what did did you see the first six games of Perrion Winfrey that really threw up some red flags for you? Very passive. Like he just would quit on plays, didn't play with great pad level, 
just almost seemed disinterested at times and had no real, you know, I just didn't see a, the burst that like you we even asked ourselves another film guy and I in Cleveland, like what happened? Did somebody offend him the last three or four games of the year? Like it didn't make sense. He completely changed his passion, his approach. And, and to me, it's a little personality based. He seems to have a bit of an unpredictable personality at times. So I didn't know if that also rubbed teams the wrong way. I, I just, in terms of, what they can get, you know, the NFL, they want to be able to predict things all the time. What can we, sure. what can you give us? Well, if the personality is a little all over the place, is this always going to be something we can hone in? Is he going to do his job that benefits other people with discipline all the time? So I just, I see that too. I mean, the tape imbalance, but I just wasn't sure if there's something more that I'm missing there. I mean, I think again, it's so, he's such a unique player. You can see it. Like, there, I think the biggest question that comes to my mind is that what if a defensive coordinator in the NFL puts him in a position that he doesn't want to play? Yeah. What happens then? Yeah. Is yep. he just going to, is he just going to double bird them and say, Oh, you guys are using me wrong. You're not getting the most out of me. Like that's at some point that that conversation has to stop and football has to be played because let me tell you, he didn't play a three tech, the final three games of the season. He was lined up in his normal zero and a nose technique and he played his ass off. Yeah. Every single snap. And guess what? He was better than, and, and this is, you know, we can talk about, I don't know if you even want to get into college football for next year. I mean, the big 12 offensive lines are not very good. Like there was zero excuse, regardless of where he was lined up at to not dominate game in and game out. Do you think Here. some of that is a little bit of the label he brings? He's a little bit of an underachiever. He didn't pass the clearinghouse to get into college right away. Goes no, Juco. I, I don't think it has. I don't think. I don't think it has anything much to do with that. I think okay. it. Again, I think it has more to do with. You know, you're holding me back. You know, again, like I, I think the whole Oklahoma program last year. I mean, this goes to the bigger conversation at large about it. Is that there was a lot of pointing fingers at each other. And not a lot of pointing fingers at themselves. But I think you saw that in the final three games of the year. And I think it speaks to the greater culture of it. Like, does Perron Winfrey last in a, in a program with Nick Saban? Probably not, right? But is this a guy that if, uh, you know, you're hard on him and you get the most out of him? Um, I, I think that, the, you know, you look at where he's at in the draft. You mentioned that people had him as high as 44. You know, you look at some reports heading out of last season, out of the 2020 season, there were some people who had him as one of the top 10 players heading into the year, right? And this is just a guy that you can sit here and we can talk about, you know, his arm length and explosiveness and all the things that we want to talk about, but he's there, right? Like you said, early in the fourth round for a reason. And I hope from my end of things that when he does get there and these guys can talk to him and explain to him and more explain the why of what they're doing, I think he'll trust that. And if he trusts that, then Perron Winfrey is going to become the best version of himself. And that's going to be a, he's going to be a really good player for the Cleveland Browns or wherever he ends up in the NFL. So the question to me is, did the light bulb turn on? Do you think he figured something out? Do you think he figured the passion he had to play with? Like, I guess to me, I could see why NFL evaluators are saying, man, this tape is rough. There are points at which we don't believe, but, but is there to you, if you had to predict this, you're, I'm putting the pressure on you. Do you think he figured something out that he's going to now carry with him into the NFL? Because it clearly figured it out at the end of Oklahoma. He carried it into the senior bowl. The is there a belief? You know, was, tell me. Yeah. The senior bowl was nuts, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what we expect out of him. Right. And you see it and you see it. You saw it in 2020, you saw it in 2021. Like, is that the guy that it's going to become? It's so hard to predict behavior, right? Like 
I, it's that's the reason we are where we're at. And um, in terms of like the NFL draft and the variance and the hits and misses and everything that comes with it, um, Perion is. God, I'm I'm skating around this. I I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. I'm very yeah. curious about how he's going to fit in and if he can be an every down guy. Like he's not just going to be a pass rush third down situational type defensive tackle early on because he has the tools and he has the traits to be a guy that's on the field every single on, on every single play. Um, it's I just it's going to be if he's behind early on, you know, if he's behind the depth chart, he can't work his way up. Something's going on. I, 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 there's some things I worry about, but I, I do think that these NFL coaches can make, can these NFL coaches can get everything that they want out of Perrion Winfrey. And for that, I'm a little bit bullish on him, but I also was down at the senior bowl, Jake. And I do know some teams that were very worried about some off the field stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the biggest mystery, right? And you're taking a gamble mm-hmm. on a, on a guy that has a, it's very up and down. Um, and you can see it in his tape, you know, and if you want to, look at it and that's how you see it. I I'm going to sit here and tell you, I, I don't disagree with you, Jake. And I would say the things that you do hear about Perry on Winfrey, the football player, as well as the person. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it shows up in the tape. Yeah. Let's, let's say that I'm, I'm happier with the value where they got him. If, if they got him at, sure. you know, top of the fourth instead of, of 44, I think it's a good lotto ticket because he could, he, there is a very clear path to two things. He's clearly, figured something out whether that translates or not we don't know he's figured something out and he's coming into a place that's going to have real opportunity for him because the talent level at cleveland and defensive tackle is poor at best so he'll have a path it's whether he capitalizes on that path also ripping the band-aid off isaiah thomas a lot of people love him okay oh and i know the God. i know right. the age is higher off right here yeah the let's do it why is he there I, listen I every time someone approached me on Isaiah Thomas, they asked me about his like off the field concerns, right? Yeah, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know about these off the field concerns. I it he had a DWI and I believe like an extra carton of water um hmm. on it. And that's why he got picked up. And okay. yeah, I mean, listen, I, I played junior yeah. college baseball in El Reno, Oklahoma. I carried a case of water out of the Walmart, right? At some point, my teammates, we had cases of water all the time. I mean, like that's, it's nothing. And it drove me crazy that that was the reason why, um, that he fell so far, man, he, the testing numbers, he's a little tight at the hips, right? Like there is some concern there in terms of bend, um, on the edge, but, you talk about positional versatility, motor, football savviness. I mean, I think the biggest, most impressive play about Isaiah Thomas, man, the after the Baylor game, Baylor ran a bunch of split zone read at him. Just same thing Kansas did. You go and watch it. I think they gave up like 20 yards per play on it. That's over-exaggerating, but it was a ton. Um, Iowa State tried to take that the next week after the Baylor game. And Isaiah Thomas just said, screw it, cut it off completely, just went after the quarterback um, and was making plays. And it was a very, um, you know, it was uh, like, it, it's just, it's those little instinct things, right? And the way that he approached himself was a five-year player. 
he's also an Oklahoma guy. Like he's from the state of Oklahoma. So I could be a little biased on that. So, but <laughs> outside of that, outside of that, man, love him. You, you, you said it, everybody around here loves him. Um, this is a guy that you're going to get. And in the seventh round, like he, I can see this guy playing for 10 years in the NFL. I really wow. do. I, wow. I, I, he's, he's going to give, here's the thing about Isaiah Thomas too. He's going to give 110% to the Cleveland Browns. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out because he'll go to the next organization. He'll give him 110% too. He's awesome. Good stuff, man. Love to hear it. I'm not going to dig too deep because I think there's, I think there's plenty of stuff that we've put out there through our website and I, I it's a seventh round pick. I, I, I was surprised he was there. Honestly, I had forgotten that he was on the board when they took him because I had just presumed he was gone before. And I know you and I have talked about him before in various times and um, to get him there and the value and the, and the, and the person you talk about the player, the effort. Yeah. A little tight, a little, a little, it doesn't have the bend you would love, but he can, he could specifically fill a strong side edge role. And I think he's going to compete right off the bat to be on the roster quicker than quicker than people think to not even just be on the roster, but have a real position uh, in this team as far as a rotational piece. So I'm excited. Before I we go, literally don't know if Oklahoma's defense, where they would have been without Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas last year. Wow. It's a big, that's, that's a big, kind of impact he had. Yeah. Yeah. I love to hear that, man. I mean, I think on tape, you don't see a seventh round player. I can tell you that much. I didn't even know about the, off the field stuff, which is a non, it doesn't bother me. I mean, that, yeah, there's, this isn't like whatever. inside information either that I brought up. No, I mean, I no. believe it's been, yeah, I think it got written on, but I, I could just, I mean, I was down in mobile and obviously talking, doing my job and doing what we do. Like the questions, it was like every single person, like what, what are the off, what's the off field stuff? And I'm like, man, it was like a case of water from a Walmart. It's like, yeah. God, you can't be I'm that. excited. I'm excited, man. You, yeah, I mean, if that's the reason why you fall to the seventh round, like, that's tough. And just thinking life in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and to it, it's a little it's a little bit age, but it's not it's not that big a factor that should be holding this type of guy. But I'm just happy the Browns got him in the seventh round. Again, your, your opinion on him, my opinion on him aligned pretty closely in the fact that I think he's going to be on this roster obviously benefiting that the Browns don't tend to cut their draft picks, especially if they haven't cut one in the first two years. So this third class, I think will be interesting uh, to see as far as the roster starts to get a little tighter, but I don't think they're going to be moving off these guys anytime soon. And I think Thomas has a real path to playing time. Hit me with this before you go. Who's the guy next year? Give me a couple guys, Oklahoma. We got to be watching. You could be, let's just say one on each side that, that are going to be, they're going to be big time draft guys. You saw the Anton Harrison love. Like I, I'm not as high on him. And again, I've trying to take as much Oklahoma stuff away from me as possible, just because I've been so close to it for so long. Um, Anton Harrison's getting a lot of buzz uh, offensive tackle, but I'm going to throw a wild card in here. I'm going to give you a freshman. You ready? Let's hear it. New freshman, Javante Barnes running back. He, Eric Gray, don't get me wrong. He's got a lot of tools. He had a lot of love from some NFL, NFL folks heading into last year. Um, just don't the vision. There's some other things, you know, that really, I just don't see him as like a long-term NFL back. Javante Barnes is a freshman. Like physically, I think he can rush for a thousand yards next year. So I'm very interested to see what he looks like behind an offensive line. That should be a little bit better than it's been in the past couple of years. And they've been good, but they're not been up to where Oklahoma has been. Now, defensively, I think a, a lot of people forget 
Um, Jalen Redmond's gone through a lot of injuries, blood clot early on in his career, took him out for an entire year. COVID had to sit out because of that blood clot and like potential issues with that. Right. So, and he got hurt again last year. So he's been a guy that's been very injury riddled, but when he's on the field and I, if he can stay healthy this year, which I, I'm thinking there's a pretty good chance. He's, he's done a lot of really good things for his body this off season. Like, this is a guy, in terms of his power as a defensive tackle and tier defensive lineman, I mean, as good as you'll find in college football. He is as strong and can move people as well as anybody, super disruptive inside. Um, I'm very much looking forward to see what he's going to do. There's been some clips, man, that have come out. Like, Jalen Redmond's been playing nose, and Venables, when he goes to that little odd front that he runs that he started to run at the end of his tenure in Clemson, and he's been... It was it was practice clips, obviously. Don't want to get too overhyped about it. But it looked very, very good. Um, this guy could be very disruptive. Very much looking forward to what he can be he can become. I hope, man, we saw what injuries did to some guys this year in the NFL draft. I bet it happens to him as well. Um, but that's a guy that I think could be very productive in the NFL. Love it, man. Great stuff, Keegan. We appreciate your time on this podcast, especially the insights on these guys they brought in on defense and making sense of some of the selections they took of, man. Thanks again so much. Alrighty, man. Take care. Special thanks to Keegan for joining today's episode. Continue to check out the OBR where we have continual content. OBR Weekly will be up here on your Wednesday evening Twitch schedule. And then we have some fun stuff in the pipeline for Twitch in the future. Maybe a new OBR-specific weekly podcast hosted by one of our in-house contributors, Andrew Spade, who's great. I'm excited if we could get that going for a -a once-a-week deal, but... Anyway, guys, uh, take take care of your mental, man. Take care of your mental side, and I don't know, man. That's all. That's all I really have to say. Hopefully, hopefully you and yours are doing well and hanging in. And hey, just these things can be so so somber. Uh, and and really hope the families of those affected can can somehow find a way to carry on life. Don't mean to be somber, but you know uh, it is. It is what it is. It's. It's a gross situation that just keeps happening. I should mention, too, the Deshaun Watson stuff came out, the HBO show. I have not watched that. I will get to it, try to watch it, and give some thoughts on it. I've, From what I've gathered, nothing new has been revealed other than the HBO stuff really tried to put pressure on the NFL to make sure a suspension happened of some kind. But, but both accusers' stories were already out there, so there was nothing really new revealed in this HBO special. So... Anyway, I'll try to watch that and give you some feedback in the coming days, but just couldn't really add that on top of everything else today. So anyway, guys, have a great have a great Wednesday. Uh, I hope you I hope you're well. Have a great Wednesday and uh, go Browns. <laughs>